This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are talking about uh, the topic of Are You Quenching the Spirit? And this is really part two of we kind of walked through our staff meeting in a different direction for our staff. And there's nothing more boring to me than the idea of a staff meeting. Mm. But as we discovered last week, and as we figured out last week, uh, God can interrupt a staff meeting just like he can interrupt anything in life. Right. <laughs> and it's always for the better. So at this point, uh, during the Long Hollow Revival, which is what we're walking through this season on Making Disciples, uh, the podcast, we are continuing to be blessed by the Lord even now as we record this. But as we look back to week six, at this point in time, we had baptized over 440, uh, 424 people. Mm. And it has been, again, we keep saying mind-blowing, we keep saying incredible, and then we keep coming back to, but isn't this who God has always been? (laughs) And isn't it about time we recognized uh, who he is for what he has done? So we incorporated a, a Tuesday prayer night. We begin you and by we I want to I want to specify you as our pastor uh, who had gone before us in many of these things in prayer and going to the porch to seek silence and solitude as God speaks to you um, and had continues to do so have led us as a staff to do the same and you intentionally and we talked about this in our last episode you intentionally said I want to take this staff meeting that we're about to have and I just really want to talk to the staff about their personal walk with Christ their personal surrender to the Lord, uh, their intentionality of pressing into what God wants. And let's talk about that. And yeah. let's and then and also let's do that. Imagine a staff meeting where instead of walking through Excel spreadsheets and looking at agendas and all of these things that are also important, uh, but what if we focused on what God is doing? And uh, and it was an incredible time as we talked through last week and we wanted to continue because it's really a tale of two staff meetings and what happened in one and what happened in another but more importantly it's a tale of what god has been doing in our midst starting with our leadership uh, i want to go back to that statement that you made that a, a river never rises above its source and how as leaders in the church we we are in essence obviously god is the source the holy spirit is the source but as leaders in position of leadership how we need to surrender ourselves and obey and follow him those that are in the church that we are training up and equipping to make disciples will then uh, respond to that. Yeah. Speaking of source, I'm just reminded of a Leonard Ravenhill story. Uh, He said, uh, you show me a man closer to the Lord than I am. Mm -hmm. And I want to know who that man is so I can get as close as he is. (laughs) And uh, because he knew that he wanted to be as close to the source as possible. As Tim LaFleur always says, I want to be at the spout where the glory comes out. You know I mean? That's really, and that's an old preaching uh, saying, but uh, I love how you corrected yourself with the numbers because that's exactly what the Lord laid on my heart Mm. early on with this uh, move of his spirit. And and you said something earlier, which just got me thinking Uh, in the modern church today that we're a part of when God works supernaturally and when God works extraordinarily, Mm -hmm. it's abnormal. Yeah. Like it blows us away. We say, wow, can you believe what God just did? Yeah. <laughs> but the first century church, particularly the book of Acts, mm-hmm. when God didn't work miraculously, when God didn't move supernaturally, it was abnormal. Yeah. Think about that. that that's true. They lived in the normal, 
miraculous, supernatural, mm -hmm. extraordinary uh, part of ministry. And I just think God keeps showing us, hey, listen, I can do this all day. Mm -hmm. My arm is not short. <laughs> well, think about it. My yeah. supply never runs out, guys, uh, by the way. Another case study of, of 40 uh, years in the wilderness receiving manna daily. Yeah. And think, think of how incredible of a miracle that is, and yet how quickly they, we like them, you know, they like us, <laughs> kind of chalk it up to, okay, this is just something that happens. Yeah, they forget, yeah. So early on, the Lord began to show me two things. One, do not exaggerate the numbers or inflate the numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to, uh, through this time, I went on a journey of calling different revivalists, people who have experienced revival uh, through the ages. Uh, because frankly, I, I felt like I was a freshman now on the varsity squad and uh, I didn't know the plays and I, I knew the game, about, I knew what basketball was, but I didn't know the plays. I didn't know the positions. And I felt like that in this move of God uh, or revival uh, stream we were in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew what prayer was. Mm -hmm. I knew how to pray somewhat because most of us listening do, but I didn't know how to pray. Mm -hmm. I just, I've, I've learned more from actually praying for hours at a time every day, particularly at night in the beginning, I learned more about how to pray by praying than I could ever learn from a conference or a class. Are you saying then that we learn better by doing something than by just hearing someone teach us? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that sounds that sounds interesting. <laughs> but I would even I'd even I'd even give a caveat there. Not just by doing, yeah, but by doing nothing mm. in prayer. Hello. See, I, I learned to sit in, in the uncomfortable silence mm -hmm. and let God begin to teach me things. I, well, we, we probably need to do a podcast on praying on the porch and what God taught me. We definitely have to because you say pray like never before, and I think pray more, say more, you know, yeah. do more. And what you're really saying is like never before means doing less. Yeah. Yeah. You just got me thinking, you know, I'm, more. I'm thinking the word count per minute of my prayers last year on the porch up until today is probably less than all of my, you know, times before in praying, but I would say it's impacted me more. Yeah. Because you're listening more so than saying you're dwelling on God's word more so than trying to give him your own words. Yeah, for those who are listening, this is very uncomfortable. You're like, what are you talking about? Let me give you an example. So what I've realized about sitting in silence and solitude and listening to the Lord, remember prayer is communication. It's a two-way communication. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. Mm -hmm. In communication, one person talks, one person listens. We've covered this before, but just recap. One person talks, one person listens. Sometimes the other person talks and you listen. Sometimes no one talks and you both sit. Hmm. Now, take that model to your prayer life and see how it fits in. And what the Lord began to show me was the human language, particularly English, which is what I speak, uh, and, and those listening probably do as well. The English language is a man-made temporal language that at the end of time will cease to exist. Hmm. It's a man-made language to communicate on earth. Even the best words, Chris, that I can offer to the Lord, the most eloquent prayers, mm -hmm. the, the, most, uh, the, the most impressive prayers by the English language standard, fall short when you sit in the presence of an infinite, eternal, transcendent mm. God. Like Job, 
we should just put our hand over our mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where were you at? Hello. Yeah. So what I began to see is when I would get to the Lord in prayer, I would begin to run through this narrative of this reel in my head of how to pray. And you do this too. Listen for it next time you pray to the Lord. Mm -hmm. As soon as you bow your head, I am so good at professional polished prayers that I learned in seminary. Mm. You know, when I close my eyes, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd be made strong in this service. And we pray that you lift our brother up and you, Lord, yeah, hiding behind the cross, let him decrease. And all those things are good. All those things are, I'm not saying they aren't good. But most of those things you and I pray are mm-hmm. autopilot. Yeah. And many times, I mean, the Lord and I have gotten such an open and receptive relationship now where the Lord will stop me mid-sentence and just say, stop it. Stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I doing? I didn't think about anything. Yeah. <laughs> None of that was heartfelt. I was like a parrot yeah. reciting a, a phrase. Well, and, and so, and I'm not saying God doesn't answer those prayers, but here's what I'm saying. If I went to Candy, my wife, mm-hmm. and said, Candy, be with me tonight, hang out with me tonight, I pray that I would decrease and you to increase. Mm. I pray that I would listen more and you to speak. Amen. <laughs> she would say, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Probably what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, <laughs> she would say. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't work with our wife, if Melissa would say, "Chris, what are you doing?" Yeah, she would. Okay, she yeah. would. <laughs> then do you, she would say, "That's a robotic um, relationship." Right. That's not a relationship. And so, as we, as I started to sit with the Lord, the Lord began to show me this. Is the first thing, and I brought this to the staff: do not inflate or exaggerate the numbers. One of the reasons we boast or exaggerate the numbers normally. And we do, and I've done this before, and I've done this like you have on Twitter, which is why I'm very leery of posting anything now online, because the Lord showed me the only person I'm trying to impress online when I post numbers, and this was me, the only person I'm trying to impress is me. Mm-hmm. Frankly, no one else really cares, let's be honest. Even, yeah. even our own staff. Right. Our people definitely don't care yeah. because anytime we think that we're going to impress our people with bigger numbers and larger churches, we're fooling ourselves. Mm. Our people, whatever church size you are, they don't want to grow bigger because they lose intimacy with the pastor and staff. Mm. They want to grow smaller so they can see their friends yeah. and keep their seat. <laughs> Amen. So the Lord said, don't exa- show me, don't exaggerate the numbers. And here's why the quickest way to quench the Holy spirit of God is to boast or exaggerate or to lie, which is really what it is, lying mm-hmm. about. We, ministerially speaking, we had X. Yeah. We baptized X. And so what I did from the beginning is I kept copious notes, diligent numbers. I mean, I was diligent with the numbers. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, and you see the sheet, and every week I just yeah. log them down, not to boast or to post, but for my own understanding and knowing to document for myself. So when we come back, here's what we're going to do. On that, through that, in that vein, we're going to talk about what I share with the staff about how easy it is for us to quench or to grieve the Holy Spirit in our life. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support 
practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We're talking about, oh, we're really asking the question, are you quenching the Holy Spirit? Mm. And when we left at the break, you said we're going to dive right into what you led the staff through, asking us the question, are we quenching the Holy Spirit? And one of the key elements of that is, I think when you ask that, our first response is, well, surely not. Me? <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I'm not quenching the Holy Spirit, you know. Uh, but then again, I remember when you asked the question, it made me think about that that statement, you know, or that question in such a way to say, wait a second, have I ever really even asked myself that question? Yep. Because when we begin to really ask ourselves that question, I think the Lord brings to our mind different areas and ways in which we may be quenching the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so it was informational, but I think it was a profound impact on all of our staff to really think through uh, some of the things that we take for granted, some of the ways we as a staff, and I would say this for every believer, not just staff, some of the ways we uh, maybe joke or uh, ha- have made statements in the past where we look at them now and think, man, that's, that's probably not where we need to go. <laughs> well, let's be honest. How many of us, including me through the years have ever asked the question, Holy spirit, have I ever grieved you? Hmm. He's a person now. This is not yeah. an it That's right. or a, or or this or that he's a person. Holy spirit. How, how have I ever grieved you? And the thing about the Holy spirit is he is sensitive. Now don't think he's sensitive. And I, I said this word when my staff said sensitive, he's the Lord. Yes. I mean, he is sensitive to your feelings in the way you treat him. Meaning, if you grieve the Holy Spirit, if you quench the Holy Spirit, then what you're doing is hindering his work in your life. Mm-hmm. And so when was, the, when was the last time I asked that question, Chris? Have I ever grieved or quenched the Holy Spirit? And it was never really. Never. Never. I mean, you have grieved and quenched it. Yes, him, I do it all the time. never asked the question. I've done it all the time. <laughs> and we wonder. Listen, uh, brother, if you're listening or sister, listen. We wonder why we're not seeing God work mightily in our lives. And so I challenged our staff when we got together. I was really burdened at this staff meeting. And remember, from this point on in February, we moved from once a month to once a week with the, with the pastors and the ministers on staff because I just felt like I need to download information God is teaching me every week to the, to the pastors on staff. And so we met mm-hmm. with the pastor. But this is the all-staff meeting. So everybody yeah. from um, – building and grounds and maintenance and housekeeping, all that's in in this room. And so I challenged them. They needed to pray like never before. And what really burdened me, and I don't know if this is still accurate today, but it was a couple of years ago, the average minister prays, guess how many minutes a day? Ooh, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't even stop. I'm going to throw out 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes. The average, now this is a pastor now, minister. I, I'm going to stand by that number. I okay. have no idea. Four minutes a day. <laughs> if you take out the three meals a day, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, what do you have left for the three meals a day? And what I shared it with our staff is it's very easy for us to get so close and see a move of God and be callous to it. Mm-hmm. The two greatest dangers in your life is going to be, and this can happen to all of us, to have the Lord in your presence and know it not. Mm-hmm. Surely the Lord was in this place, but we did not know it. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. But the flip side is to have the absence of God in your life mm-hmm. 
and not know it. Well, and I don't want us to skip over a principle you mentioned earlier as you're, uh, and I also don't want to get your train of thought off here, but before you conclude this episode, you changed a staff meeting to update us weekly. That is a pretty big deal because, I mean, staff meetings can be changed, but as leaders in church settings, we should not be afraid to make a temporary change knowing that God wants to do something specific. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to, as a leader, pivot and change and shift to follow and obey Christ and to take your team maybe to a new and different place. And I think there's a lot of leaders out there who uh, would look at that and say, okay, that's kind of a big deal to change a schedule, to change a weekly rhythm. Um, But I would just encourage you, Take those steps to follow what the Holy Spirit is drawing you to do as a leader to take your staff where they need to go. That is a big deal. And it may be temporary, maybe a few weeks, maybe be a few months, maybe a few years. Who knows? But if we're not obedient to, to following where he's leading, then I think he's less likely to work in our midst. You know, that's a great point. Michael Catt was the one who told me this. I said, what is my job? And he's experienced revival and hosted a refresh conference for years, and he's become a good friend and mentor. And I said, what is my role as the senior pastor during a an outpouring of God, mm-hmm. he said, you are simply the manager of the fire. Hmm. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, you can't, you can't uh, send the fire. You can't start the fire. But you can organize and protect the people from being burned by the fire. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can alter the intensity of the fire. And you can, uh, you can allow the fire to simmer at times. And yeah. so what he said is, sometimes when a move of God is happening, you need to just put more wood on the fire and intensify it. You know, when God's pouring out a spirit, you need to spend more time in prayer and spend more time calling out and praising God. But sometimes you need to allow the fire to simmer. Mm-hmm. And so the fire simmers down and that's okay. You can't have a raging fire all the time. Yeah. Other times you need to poke the fire. Yeah. It's getting a little low. And so I took that into my prayer time and I went to the lead team, which you're on. And I said, guys, here's the deal. During this season, and I changed my whole schedule around, and you know this, and Robert's here with me, and he'll tell you he helped me do it, where entire afternoons now, mm-hmm. I go and spend time with the Lord. Yeah. On Tuesday, all day Wednesday, half a day Thursday, I am with the Lord for hours at a time, sitting and listening and praying during this season. Hmm. In fact, this staff meeting, we're looking at the notes here from this meeting, th- this is a sermon I put together on the porch or in, in the study for the staff, and it was spent. It was out of the overflow of spending time with God. So, what a great point! Don't neglect, or don't don't overlook the impact of altering a schedule. But here's what I want to talk to you about: grieving the spirit, because this is what I shared with the staff, and I want to share this with you. We resign the Holy Spirit to the moment of salvation in our life. Yeah. We think the Holy Spirit saved us at the moment of salvation, regenerated us, and so thank God for that. He's done, and He's moving on to save more people. Mm-hmm. And I want to share with you, that's the beginning of the sanctifying yeah. work. That's where all of his well, work we, begins. We've, all, we've heard the statement before, you have all the Holy Spirit you will ever get at the moment of salvation. But yes. I think that what we do then is we say, okay, then I'm done with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I would I say... What, what really we're saying, what you're saying is, yes, we, we have access to the Holy Spirit. We have, uh, we have all the Holy Spirit, but... Him manifesting himself, him working in our life, us being filled with the Holy Spirit, those are things that 
come after. Yes, and I would say, and this is not, I hadn't thought through this illustration, so follow me here, but it's almost like at the moment, so this could be oh, wrong, but yeah, we might have to edit it anyway. But anyway, yeah, yeah, you might have to edit after. But here's what the Lord showed me. When you got saved, he gave you an ATM card mm -hmm. with access to the riches of heaven, mm -hmm. the access to, to total, total fulfillment and, and filling of the Holy Spirit. You could be yeah. full of the Holy Spirit as much as you want, but you have to take the card mm -hmm. and you have to withdraw and receive the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, the only way you can withdraw and receive the Holy Spirit is you have to make room in your present life by repenting mm -hmm. and removing all the sin in your life because the Holy Spirit, here's a line the Lord showed me, he cannot fill a full vessel. So if you're full of self, you, you're definitely not going to be full of God. And so what I showed is that we have access to the Holy Spirit. Many don't make withdrawals. Mm. They never they never deposit money in their life. Okay, so here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't understand Scripture without the Holy Spirit. There's no discernment. We wouldn't have power for ministry without the Holy Spirit. Think of the work of the Holy Spirit. No one would get saved today without the Holy Spirit, okay? So I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit works in an immediate and direct way. But here's how the Holy Spirit works. He never shouts. Mm -hmm. He never raises his voice. He always speaks in a still, small voice mm -hmm. to us. And so he gets grieved very easily in our life. Now, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? And I wanna end with this. The way we grieve the Holy Spirit, and when we grieve him, I mean we hinder him working in our own life. Mm -hmm. Forget your church. Forget your staff. I'm talking to you right now personally if you're listening. This is how you grieve the Spirit and subsequently hinder him mightily working in your life. Now, do I grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Does it bother me? Absolutely. My challenge to you is don't do anything you can in the power of God to never grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve him? Well, Paul tells us in Ephesians. Remove all bitterness from your life. Mm. Anger will grieve the spirit. Jealousy, I find in church staffs and, and ministries, one of the greatest sins in a, on a church staff is jealousy. Mm -hmm. Jealousy of other churches, jealousy of other moves of God, jealousy of more baptisms. Mm -hmm. Number four is criticism. Man, I'm guilty as charged of this. Very critical of other people and would joke about, oh, you know, well, the only reason he's got that is why, you know. Yeah. But I do it jokingly and very critical, judgmental. Um very judgmental of people uh, in their life. And, and here's the thing I want you to think about. The big one is mocking. And you started with this and we'll end with this. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will not be mocked. And I used to get with guys as a Baptist and say our charismatic brothers would do this. And even, even joking about the speaking in tongues and all those things. Mm -hmm. And God reminded me, hey, first of all, <laughs> I can do anything I want to do. And I'm way bigger than your finite mind, big boy. <laughs> so there's a level of mystery to the Christian life, and you need to rest in that mystery. And so here's how we never grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't ever take credit for something God does. The moment we take credit for something God does, we don't lose the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. We hinder the overwhelming power mm. of the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's the big difference. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. But the power in your life, and I don't know about you, once I've crossed the line and experienced the manifest presence and power of God in my life and ministry, Chris, I never want to go back.
That's good. Well, as always, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If so, share it with a friend. Uh, if you would, take a moment and rate us on your favorite podcast listening uh, app. As always, have a great week. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.